Cotney Attorneys and Consultants is dedicated to helping the construction industry with legal, business, and safety challenges. Welcome to this week's episode of Law and Mortar with John Kenny and Trent Cotney. Hey, it's Trent Cotney, CEO of Cotney Attorneys and Consultants. I'd like to welcome you guys to another episode of Law and Mortar. As always, we've got John Kenny. John, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to be here once again, and uh, hopefully everybody out there is doing fantastic as well. For those of you that don't know, John is the CEO of our consulting group, uh, published author, uh, also just published a, um, a a great estimating training series that's selling very well. And I know we've talked about that before, but uh, John, what I'm surprised about is is the great feedback that we've already gotten, and it's only basically been a week, right? About a week yep. and a couple of days. Um, people are really enjoying it, and the production quality is is amazing. You know, I was talking to uh, Roofing Contractor Magazine about it, and I said, "Look, you know, if if I didn't have to add them on my fingers, I w- I would probably become an estimator at this point rather than a lawyer because uh, watching that course made me want to do it." So. You know, what have you heard on your end? I'm sure people have talked to you more about it than they have me. Yeah, we've gotten great feedback. Um, we, we haven't had any issues. And what I mean by that is getting it, which is always great when you launch a new product. It's going smooth. Everyone's easy access. They're able to get their people started on it. Um, it's, it's performing as we so hoped. Um, you know, in the beginning, a lot of people, can you get this up, get this up? One thing you know, I want everybody to understand is we take our time because I really put heart and soul into these training programs and I want them to be best of class. So this one's up, nice intermediate level. I will tell you very shortly, we've got the advanced course coming out. Um, you're going to see that within the next 35, 40 days. Um, you're going to love that. So if you get in through this, you can take that. Or if you're estimating and you really want to sharpen your skills and be best in class in the field, that's the one for you. So, John, how can people get to the training? Where do they go to find out about it? Well, uh, you can go right to our website and you can go to uh, cottonycl.com backslash training and it will take you right there and you'll see everything as it comes up live and you can purchase it and download brochures and all kinds of great things on it right there. Great, great. Well, you know, this week is just like every week with us. There's just a million things going on. Um, you know, I, and for those of you that are listening to this now, we're filming this at 5.30 on a Friday. And uh, it, it, both of us are, are exhausted at this point, but in a good way, because we every week we just accomplish so much and feel very blessed and fortunate to, to be able to, to give back in this industry. So one of the things that um, that I've had to work on a lot, hands-on with contractors and trades over this last week, and I know, John, you're doing the same thing, is negotiating contracts. You know, we, we spent an entire episode, um, you know, episode 31 on how to negotiate for material shortages, price increases, those kinds of things, if you're already under contract, right? Um, but there is an art to contract negotiation. It, it is something, it's a learned skill. And most contractors out there don't really negotiate. They, they don't understand it. They assume that um, because they are negotiating with a general contractor or even an owner, that there's not a lot of flexibility there. And what I found is that there's plenty of flexibility. You just know how, how, how you have to do it the right way to get what you need. 
So, John, what's been your experience there? You know, you, you're obviously, you've seen it from the contractor end. You've worked with a lot of general contractors. We, we all know the ones that are notoriously difficult to negotiate anything with. How did you deal with that? Well, you know, one, so there's a couple ways. So the best way is that you've already built the relationship up before it gets up to near the contract stage. What I mean by that is you've done the work with the pre-design team, you've done the work with the owner. So you're already setting the stage to be the person in the company that they want to do the project. Now, that all being said, if it's a hard bid situation where you may come in and there's gonna have to be three or four of you bidding on the same job, and it's gonna come down to that very end, uh, scope meetings and all, you know, and all that, Okay, so I'll tell you the biggest problem that contractors give away as soon as they walk into these pre, you know, these post scope meetings and the final negotiations. They tip their hat that they want this job so bad that they are going to do about anything to get it. You've lost total negotiation rights when you do that. It's like poker. It really is like poker. If you've got to have your poker face on when you go in, you got to sell why you are the best person and company to do this project. You own, you know, you have to, I don't want to say the fear. The other side of the table has to know that you are going to be willing to walk away from this project if you can't come to a mutually acceptable agreement. That is key. Again, I want to say that mutually acceptable agreement. Most of the time, they already know who they want to work with based on qualifications, and they will move with you but they're no different than anybody else. If you're like going buying a car or anything, if someone's on the weaker side of that table, you're not going to come out as a win-win. It's not always a perfect win-win, but you want to get as close to that win-win as you can. Have your poker face on and, you know, negotiate the terms, conditions, job pricing, whatever works for you that you're the most confident talking about. That's how you go in and negotiate when it comes down to that point. Yeah, and that's that's a great piece of advice. You know, the, the key to any good negotiation is the ability to walk away. Okay, if you're not going to walk away, then you're it's not an even playing field. So, um, you know, there are so many different aspects of this to discuss. So many different things that that go on to this, and and I'm not talking about just on a basic level. I'm talking about advanced level techniques and tactics. At what John and I decided that we were going to do is put on a webinar specifically about contract negotiation, expert level tips. And I'm really excited about this because Lee and our consulting group is going to help moderate it. Um, we're putting it on May 27th at 2 p.m. Eastern. And if you want to sign up for it, we already have close to 100 already signed up, even though we're you know probably a week or two out. Uh, you can go to cottonycl.com slash contract negotiations or our social media and sign up there. It's free. Okay. And we're offering this free because this is something that I think we need to get out in the industry. Okay. It'd be very easy for us to charge for this kind of thing. But at the end of the day, if you have a better contract, it makes our lives easier, right? <laughs> That's the goal is better contracts equal better business practices, more money uh, in your pockets. So uh, definitely look out for that. I think it's going to be uh, well-received and something that uh, needs to get out there. Next thing I want to talk about, John, is um, something that exciting that we're kind of doing with Cottony Capital and um, on the consulting side. And we've been working with um, our lawyers in Canada, uh, some contacts that we have over in uh, England and also our uh, lawyer in South Africa. 
And in particular, one of the things that we're really interested in is um, measuring carbon and determining, you know, what we can do from a mitigation standpoint, both during a installation, um, you know, from, from that standpoint, how we can mitigate carbon, uh, but also just ways to kind of figure out to what extent is carbon absorbed by existing roof systems. So uh, what led to this was we knew that there were some recent studies that were going on about analyzing carbon content within soil. And John and I were sitting around talking one day and said, hey, wouldn't it be great if we could figure out something similar on roof systems just to see to what extent does an asphalt roof system absorb carbon? To what extent does you know, a TPO roof system absorb carbon? Um, what is sort of the, the standing level average of that? And it's something that we're looking to explore. Obviously, we've got a lot more that we need to do on it. But I think it's interesting because you know, ultimately, I could see this being a big, big issue within construction, sort of the, the uh, latency or the dormant stage of construction materials, how much do they absorb without any, any extra additives or anything else on there? So John, you know, as we kind of walk through this, and this is obviously an ongoing process, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was, a, like you said, it was an interesting concept when it came up and we, we're starting to, you know, we're in the early stages of it, do, doing some feeling around and some initial analysis, but, um, you know, we're not having, you know, I'm data driven, so we don't have enough data to really go out there and put any rubber to the road yet. But there's definitely some, you know, carbon absorption absorption properties to different types of materials that we're using currently in the roofing construction process. Now, the key is to put all this together to the extent and also we're looking at it from how much carbon can be removed from these existing materials and then the benefit from what levels of insulation value you have. So you're kind of not just looking at it from removing the carbon from the air, which is very important with the, with the carbon capture theories, but we're also looking at what the reflectivity value has to do with that, along with the R value to kind of put that whole package in there of if this system's down, what is its effects on the glo you know, on the entire thermal system of the global uh, makeup. So, you know, there's a lot of interesting things in there for sure. Yeah, and you know, this is one of the great things about uh, capital and that, you know, Cotney Capital gives us an opportunity, obviously, to invest in the future if there are great companies that are engaged in technology or products. But part of it is also to explore things that we're also interested in. You know, it gives us the opportunity to do research projects, uh, to do, um, you know, technical analysis and other things that we think are beneficial for the industry. Um, what's really exciting and, you know, we were probably six months to a year out from it, but um, looking forward to having an innovation center here in our Tampa headquarters. It's something that, that I've wanted for a while, and I think that we're going to be able to add on uh, to our existing training center and have this focus entirely on technology and sort of the up and coming uh, products. It's gonna be a great um, way for us to interact with uh, our companies that we're investing in, uh, give them access to some cutting edge technology and give us some play toys, which is always fun, you know, especially at, you know, 5.30 on a Friday. So, um, John, you know, we've talked about a lot of things here, and normally I, I, I do three, three things, and we kind of toss it back and forth. We technically talked about estimating, so I guess that's a third, but I got a really good question here, John. I think what I want to do is, is spend this last time kind of talking about it. So the question today comes from Kevin, and the question is, do we have any tips 
with regard to firing employees? Um, I'll take I'll take it first from a legal standpoint. Okay, obviously we've got an employment division; they deal with this on a daily basis. You know, it's it's one of the main tasks that they do. But I can tell you, you know, there's some some rules of thumb. Okay, the the first thing is is if you're ever doling out you know, discipline or firing someone, you should consider having a second person there to act as a witness. Um, that's important because you don't ever want it to get misconstrued. You know, I always think about that scene from, you know, Fight Club where the guy walks in to his boss, beats himself up and manages to convince everybody that, you know, the, the boss did it. Well, if there was a witness there, that never would have happened. So having that present is, is really good. The second thing that I would, I would uh, remind everybody is less is more, okay? Uh, no matter how bad your employee is or was, it's not worth telling them uh, because nothing good comes out of that. Um, the third thing I would say is that if you've got a situation where you just want to make somebody go away, you need to consider severance packages and termination agreements. Okay, We have what is commonly referred to as the over 40 and the under 40 um, termination or separation agreements. Okay, And what they do is they spell out anything and everything under the sun that they could ever come back to you for. Right. Any you know wage claim, discrimination, harassment, anything and everything. Okay, so if they didn't know about it before they sign it, they're definitely going to know about that when they're reviewing it. Okay, so keep that in mind. But if they sign it, the idea is you pay them some money, they sign it, then you go your merry way. Okay, so remember there's over 40, under 40. Unfortunately, I'm in the, the former category, but um, keep that in mind because there is an age just you know uh, thing there that you got to account for in the agreements. John, on your end, you know, obviously, you know, you've done your fair share of hiring and firing over the years. What are some things that that uh, you think contractors or trade should be aware of? Well, you know, you brought up the only thing I'll touch off of what you did that I completely recommend is one thing that I always made sure is I never fired anyone when I was only myself and the other person in the room. It doesn't necessarily have to be if you don't have HR. It doesn't necessarily need to be that. But it needs to be another person in management, or you know, of of above level of what you're you're dealing with as far as firing. I will, you know, you don't want to bring in somebody that reports to them. That's just not a good way to do it. But that level enough. So that's a tip. Uh, the other thing is, I think you can avoid a lot of these issues in the first 90 days of hire. Um, I think a lot of this stems from not having very good onboarding, and also uh, usually an employee will show signs of being a bad employee if you have good onboarding in the first 90 days and then you don't have to get into that certain percentage is going to slip through and people you know whatever company's mission changes the employees ideas change and you run into that situation but i always believe in the counseling first um i, I always used to call it my three talk theory uh when i was when i was in the uh, other seat i always like to talk to an employee really make the first one a coaching explain um, what they're not doing correctly as far as what they were trained to do and lay it out and really kind of do that mentoring ship role. Everybody agrees, sign off on it, you know, and it's not just verbal. You have a little written, hey, we had this chat. This is the things we went over. Let's meet in two weeks and see how you did an improvement. This works in the field and in the office. So you, now you take care of that. So in two weeks, look, honestly, either they're, they've improved or you've got an issue where they haven't improved. And then that's, so if they improve, your second talk is, you know, pat on the back, things are going great, let's continue, let's touch base in X amount of days or weeks or months and see how you're doing, continuing with your training, moving on the company. 
Second talk is if you did not improve, you say, well, I should say you say what I said was what did you not understand that we covered in the last one? Because apparently you didn't because this hasn't improved. And, you, you know, you kind of go through the same thing. And then honestly, the third talk is there isn't, that's where I would go with determination. And I take your complete advice on that, just the way you explained it out. Right, right. That's, that's exactly how to do it. I mean, the key is, is, is just remember less is more. You know, don't don't get in to the extent that you can avoid getting into, you know, the weeds. Do it. It's never fun. It's never pleasant. Um, and you got to be mindful. You got to be mindful of your liability. So, John. Good point. One, I just want to add one thing to that. You brought up a great point. When the actual time comes to fire, to the point, quickly, end the meeting, done. I've seen so many managers under me. That is where they stumble, fumble and the ball goes way off the course. If firing should not be a rehash of what went wrong, it should not be a conversation of the past or anything else. It has to be quick to the point and professional. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's, look, it's never fun. It's one of the worst parts of, of my job, you know, but at the end of the day, you, you got to do what's best for your business. So um, one of the things I'm, I'm always saying is there is no place for emotion in business. And yeah, I know you got to be passionate and you got to inspire and you got a vision. I get all that, but business is business. It should always be business. And if you, if you keep your pride, your ego, your feelings out of business decision-making, you will more than likely make a sound business decision rather than something that is based on pride, ego, or something like that. Um, so John, we talked about a lot of things as usual. I want to let all the listeners out there know that if you've got questions for us, you can email me at tcotney at cotneycl.com. We're happy to answer them on this program or anywhere else. Uh, John, how can they get hold of you? Uh, give me a jkenny at cotneycl.com. Great. Well, I want to thank everybody again for listening. I appreciate all our listeners. We are the number one construction law podcast in the world. So uh, very pleased about that. Um, stay tuned next week uh, for another episode of Law and & Mortar, and I'm sure we'll have some great things to discuss then. So thank you, guys. Take care.